Anyway, she's um, more. F- she's the most famous for being Rem, right, in ReZero. I think so. I don't watch ReZero. I mean, yes, so I've, Googled, I I've Googled her. Yes, she is. A, she is Rem. Yes, in okay. Zero. But she's also, she's also an old Noah Zero. Uh, yeah, and, she's. And Mad- what's that? Uh, that one where they go to the Antarctica. What's that, that fucking show called? Uh, 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 fuck, fuck, I can't remember it. Yeah, nor could I. Shit. <laughs> we'll, we'll cut. We'll cut this part. It's something. Fuck. Friends die in the. <laughs> Oh fuck! This is really this is humiliating. Up. My God! It, it was like our favorite show of that season. I didn't watch it, so I'm I'm technically I'm technically untainted, you untarnished by it. this. It made me cry big old buckets of. Well, it, it made you cry so much you forgot its fucking name. So I'm not gonna <laughs> apologize. Uh, uh, no. Oh shit! No, it's gone. Antarctica anime, which it tried to autocrat. A place further than the universe. Place further than the universe. Humiliating. Absolutely <laughs> like. Podcast cancelled. Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Just Andy. Hey, 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 it's just me. Right, Ben and Andy, secret ship, years in the making now. Finally, they thought no. it would never happen. <laughs> no, it's it's Easter Sunday and everyone else is, is busy with families. So and we don't have families. <laughs> so. uh, my mom texted me happy happy uh, Easter and happy Easter mom. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. And happy Easter dad, if you're listening to. Happy Easter my sister, everyone. <laughs> But at the same time, it's a week later when you're hearing this, so you've probably heard it by other means. And we are going to be talking about the beginning of the spring anime season. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't watch that many shows last season, as you noted, probably from the episode. This one, we got a fair amount, considering that there's two of us. We have pretty different tastes. We also have some pretty good overlap. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we're not watching at the same time, although you tried, Andy, is uh, I'm watching Heroin Tarumano. Uh Heroines run the show. I'm not going to try to do the Japanese subtitle, but in English, it's the unpopular girl and the secret task. Uh, Duncan tricked me into watching this. And <laughs> and he's not here to defend this trash. So. <laughs> no, I, I don't think he's going to call it trash, but it is it is a show that I'm watching. <laughs> no, I'm kind of mad because I got tricked into watching Boys Over Flowers again, where like this like plucky girl... Um, is just like horribly bullied by two guys that we know she's going to fall in love with by the end of the show. And there's this like, there's this Melville-esque looming to it as I just watch, watch her be like, she like chews them out and they're, hum- they're humbled. Anyway, um, plucky girl with an annoying voice. It's a Minase Iori voice. So uh, very controversial for having a very mannered, somewhat shrill performance in almost all of her roles. Jeff couldn't stand it, apparently. Um, I think she's fine. All, almost all female voice roles in mainstream anime are very mannered, if that makes sense. So, so someone just like really going for the gold doesn't really surprise me. She is um, very a fairly divisive character for her extremely um, artificial style of performance. Yeah. I think she's fine. Um, they, she has like big cucumber like cucumber slice eyebrows uh, in this anime, which is the main reason I watched it. Yep. Duncan watched it for the very shoujo-y art, which. That's fair. 
Um, he's going to ask us. He's not going to be here, but he wrote in a question about two of the shows we're watching. Um, so he will also ask about uh, Bishi Boy art styles there. Um, anyway, Plucky Girl, uh, trying to get a part-time job, ends up being part-time manager for these two boys who are not so secretly idols. Um, and the, the secret is they hate each other, but they pretend to like each other and oh. be nice. Um, and also uh, the part of the, uh, the secret task part of the title is because she's not allowed to say that she's their manager. Well, the, the, the student, their, their, their classmates are allowed to know that the two boys are pop stars. They're not allowed to know that some rando girl in the class is their manager in training Kind oh. of. It's a very. Is there any it's very weird. As to why they explained that, or were they just? Uh, it's a romance anime, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because anime. They, right. say, they don't. They don't. It, it's the usual thing of like we don't want to cause trouble. We don't want to like yeah. if you fuck up, we don't want you to like ruin our reputation. But like, it's her job. She's their manager, so if she fucks up, it's gonna ruin their reputation because she she didn't do her job. Um, <laughs> Whether or not she is formally identified with them in public is not is not the problem at hand here. Anyway, it's been fine. Um, they're really talented. Um, she like got in a big fight with him during their interview, um, but then she gave a speech about how like even if everyone else in the world likes likes you and thinks you're famous, I don't give a crap because you're mean. And their like their like real manager was like, I like that attitude. You're hired. So <laughs> so that's the anime. Um, they went on a they went on a radio interview show and like got called out by the host for being really fake. Um, and then there are just lots lots of meaningful looks. So I guess that's going to be the theme of the anime is like being fake. And that's she's great. authentic and real. And she's running the show. The heroine. I don't know. She's got two. Free, she's got a Garu and like a, a glasses like reading girl as her friends. They seem chill. I'm not going to hate it, but it it looks pretty boys really? over flowersy. But talking about managers. That are great <laughs> this season. Let's talk about Paddy P. Corme. Oh yeah, we're gonna go Kong right into it. Kome. Sure. Yeah, let's do, like oh. this is uh, I think your boy is... Kongming. If you're if you're uh, seeing it in kind of translation, it's barely English either way. But yeah, Paddy P. means party people. Uh, it's like a portmanteau. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is the surprise hit I think of this season. I'm really absolute delight. It. Yes. Yes. Uh, Ben, do you want to explain what it's about? Sure. Since I am apparently the I, when I wasn't paying attention, I became a Three Kingdoms fan. Uh, <laughs> I read the books. I've watched the 2010 show. I played a bunch of the Total War game, yeah. and apparently now I'm watching this. Um, so yes, uh, Kongming—that's uh, his courtesy name. He's a Zhuge Liang. With my sorry, my Chinese is terrible and will not improve over the course of this <laughs> of this anime season but uh he is a was a strategist for liu bei who is the uh the hero of the three kingdoms saga um he uh liu bei died and Kongming kind of failed to win a a doomed battle that would have saved the kingdom for his son um and in this anime, his dying wish is that he re he is reborn in an era of peace where he can apply his skills somewhere else. And he gets reborn in modern day Shibuya, which he thinks is hell because it's Halloween, <laughs> which is very funny. Very um, funny. But the but then I mean the show is like everything like you can imagine just after every sentence I say which is very funny that'll that'll save you a yeah. lot of time and me too yeah. while I describe this but uh, he goes in he sees this girl performing and he's like oh it's an angel this is what I'll devote my life to is spreading this music around the world so everyone can feel the peace that I feel right now 
And so he does, using his stratagems uh, from from the Three Kingdoms period. And also, like, yeah, he just... It's a fish-out-of-water story, but kind of how Dress Up Darling was last season. In this... Kongming in this in this season, um, he's definitely a, he's definitely a fish out of water. But yeah. like the tropes are just executed so freshly and with such like genuine interest in the characters and yeah. happiness and like watching the relationship grow that it doesn't feel like a like a stock premise. Same as Dress Up Darling takes like oh shy guy is like manic pixie dream girl by like cool cool girl who actually likes nerdy stuff and yeah. they fall in love. Yeah. This. I hope they don't fall in love. Duncan actually wanted us to discuss whether we think there's going to be a romance uh, plot in this anime, and the answer is God. I hope not. I mean, God, anime, I hope not. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swing, I'm gonna swing for the fences. There's definitely Aiko. Is, so Aiko is the female singer. Yes, She's definitely yes. got feelings towards Kome. Whether Kome will reciprocate those feelings or not, being a Chinese feudal uh, lord. Yeah, he, but like, he can't. Tactician. He, I, I hope mean, they don't can. go into that because there's only. I hope they don't go into that because there's only one way that like the true a truly filial Confucian like retainer will respond to affection from their lord, which is with distant like satisfaction and gratitude, but nothing more. Um, I I do so. What I like about this, especially in addition to the execution, is just that when you study historical figures, they slowly become people just because of how many details you know about them, and you begin to build a model in your head of who they are as people, and then you begin to imagine them reacting to situations, and that's honestly how you do um, history, at least when it's biographical history, like I was doing for my dissertation with the Montferrats. And like with this, like watching Kongming react to having a Wikipedia article about him, and. <laughs> learning about the blockchain and learning about electric toothbrushes and like yes these are these are very corny jokes but just like he's just he's he's so delighted to be reborn in this era of peace there's no war which is kind of darkly darkly ironic given the ukraine situation going on right now but there's war all the time all over the world unfortunately but like he's just so like japan is peaceful he gets to he gets to like use these tactics that were used to end lives just to make more people listen to some honestly very good music. I love the, the, the singing voice for Aiko, I think is a professional singer. Um, and almost every song that she's done has been like, I would not change the radio channel if this was playing, which is fairly high, high praise given like the very like sterile, like J pop that often appears in anime. It's, yeah, so I mean, it's first it's worth mentioning like the style of music that she that Eiko is singing is like a, a EDM, like a Eurobeat EDM type music, which is very like early two thousands. Which is why I'm surprised like there is modern technology to the point of smartphones, where I would have really placed the whole show being like an early two thousands type vibe. Um, but maybe it's being deliberately old fashioned since it is about a, a man out of time. That is that works as well. I, but you are right. It is it is very nostalgic of a of an early 2000s era. And I feel mm. that the music really works if it it if it was. But this is what I was wondering <laughs> if she was, say, the same voice of honey and clover which we which we reacted negatively to purely because the music was so droll would we have felt the same as honey and clover what am i thinking of 
the Netflix series that had the black woman and the white woman. Carol and Tuesday. Carol and Tuesday. <laughs> Fuck my life. I'm doing all the words wrong. Turns out when it's only Ben and Andy, no one remembers any anime titles. <laughs> Uh, yeah, can it, but, but, but we didn't enjoy Cavill and Tuesday, like, unanimously. No. Partly because the music just didn't speak to us. But do you think if if, if it was the same Cavill and Tuesday songs, but in this setting, do you think it would have hit as well or landed? So that's an interesting question and really, really wonderful one to ask. And I hope we can get some good conversation. Duncan will also want you to, to uh, elaborate on the ED choice because you said it was famous. Um, yes. So we'll get to that in a second. Okay. But but for this, what I like about Aiko is that like when we meet her, she has like 216 followers on social media. (laughs) She is a she is a nobody. She she is on par with us as a podcast. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm, and like and like the big like Kong Ming's tricks have have gotten to the point where she has like a thousand followers. She has a very amateurish take that I think was actually very noticeably missing from carol and tuesday they were they were professional and they were polished from their first like impromptu like instagram concert in that abandoned in that empty concert hall Mm -hmm. uh aiko like when she's back at his place and he's like hey play me another song they they soothe my heart so much uh it'll really like give me the the drive to keep doing what I'm doing to conquer the world with your music. And she does. And it's just like a, it's just like a very like kind of nostalgic acoustic cover about a breakup uh, mm-hmm. that's sung mm-hmm. all in English. And it's very like, it's, it's, it's amateurish, but not in like a, not in an incompetent way. It just, mm-hmm. it's very raw. It mm-hmm. sounds like something that if you, if you sat down with a musician and said like, Hey, play me something that you, that you really like and worked on. And the show's done a good job also of like establishing that like she her connection to music is because like in a way it and her extremely like three kingdoms nerd fanboy manager uh, it it and him and her music saved her life when she was in in high school and she she just she loves the music and so like it doesn't need to be these these perfect glossy performances to sell us on her talent as an artist and I think that's different than Carol on Tuesday, which I think was afraid to show them as not having sprung Athena, like fully formed from the head of the God of music. I, I, I think the, I think that like, I, I don't know whether I completely agree with you. Cause I still think that like, <laughs> even though she was singing acutely, even though she was singing like, Oh, she was um, still a production. <laughs> she was still product. Like it was still beautifully produced and was still really high quality. Like, Granted, I think you're, I, I do agree with you, like Carol and Tuesday, everything was perfect from the off, um, <clears throat> which just, <clears throat> to me, falls in line with all the other idol shows which I watch, which <laughs> it's all like, it's all produced purely to make a CD so that people buy yeah. it. Um, yeah. No one's going to have a CD that where the first four tracks <laughs> kind of suck because they're not, they're, they're not very good yet. If, if anything, like I was thinking about, uh, like, Compare that to Akebi-chan and the musical, <sighs> the guitar performance in that. Like that to me, you could see, you could hear her voice breaking. You could hear her uneasy yeah. singing. And that was a truly beautiful moment. That was, that must've been very hard for a professional to have accomplished. Like mm-hmm. the ability to be an amateur, like, or to remind herself what it's to be like, to be of that amateur level. Um, I also think that as EDM, it works particularly well because 
it is so far removed from anything Komei would ever know <laughs> as uh, as a as in his original timeline. Like which is, is which is why the OP is so funny, or he's like, where he's just like doing it. Uh, I love the OP that that like that glossy like like plastic, super plastic like club music as the OP. Mm-hmm. So um, again, it's worth mentioning the OP, yeah. which is uh, uh, Chan Chan uh, Pachi Pachi, I think it's called. Chan uh, Chan. Translates translates as as Chidi Chidi Bang Bang as they. Yeah, that, that doesn't quite... I don't think that quite translates. And then the other one, which is 24... Well, because of cultural baggage, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it was real Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, that'd be something else. And then also, uh, I think the it's ED, tw- yeah. Um, They are both very famous early 2000 songs that have been remixed expertly for the anime, which again places it in a time which is early 2000s for me. A Japanese cover of the Hungarian song "Chiki Chiki Bam Bam." That's the opening. And yeah, it's yeah, the opening. Yeah, "Chiki Chiki Bam Bam." Ending theme song is is Mihi Maru GT's hit from 2006, "Kibun Jojo." I'm super pumped. Yeah, that's it. Uh, which again is a very famous like uh, ED song, which I've I've known and kind of low key loved and. Uh, yeah, for me, that whole energy and vibe is completely unlike anything he would have known. Being yeah. a uh, in the you know like feudal China times, like that that mm-hmm. whole era. Like, I mean, not even like not even feudal, like ancient, like contemporary yeah. with the Roman Empire, China times. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Which again, like the idea that because it's all electronic music and elect- yeah. like it, it wouldn't have existed without computers, which definitely weren't around at his time. And to me, that just accentuates how funny it is that he loves that music because it's so yeah. alien to anything he's listened to before. I, I think it's surprisingly great. I really am enjoying uh, Com- Paddy P. Corme. I think that it's... I think we we have spoken to this off air, but I feel that it's going to fall into a slightly kind of trap where Kome and the Yakuza-like boss are going to talk shop about the Three Kingdoms. And then the stratagem that's mentioned in the Three Kingdoms is going to be used in the show. And I'm fine with that, I guess, ultimately. It works. I was worried when you said that earlier that it was going to be like a reference to a big battle every single time. But this, but the third episode references the 30, 36 stratagems. Mm. Um, mm. Like, so it's just, I think it's just going to be like, it is going to be kind of like a, a house MD esque thing where like, there's a problem and someone like does, he does a, a big reach from his ancient China past to like pull out a solution, but it's not the same solution every time. I loved when they like upstaged, these like this like shitty emo band yeah. that was like and and then they like came to like start a fight and he like gave them like throat medicine he's like i know you're fussy i my research which i used against you says that you are fussy and high strung and are worried about burning out your voice here's an ancient remedy and, and they like yeah. leave his friends and i was gonna say like when Kong Mei was talking about how happy he is that like it's a it's an era of peace, I love that he was like, "I'm so glad this is an era of peace. If this was if this was ancient times, I would have had to cut off all their heads and display them by the gate." And- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and I guess I guess that's what makes it work so well, at least so far. Is it's yeah. like 
it's not just a stratagem. It it's more like Komei as his personality. M- yeah, yeah, his personality <laughs> and his like that that whole sort of like you said that that feeling of like he's adding more to the story and to the the, the relationship that makes it way more enjoyable. Um, yeah, I, I've got nothing but good things to say about yes. this. Such a pleasant um, surprise. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Also, and not badly animated. Although I am worried that the second, the third episode starts with a recap of the last episodes, and I'm like, and I'm worried that it's apparently it's had some production problems. Which is I wouldn't worrying. be surprised. There, there, there's a very high level of of competency that they probably didn't need to do. This is PA Works, which doesn't tend to like have its budgets completely yeah. bottom out. Mm. Um, mm. But it is a it is a new director and a relatively new scriptwriter, um, mm. which have both been both been big surprises. Like I, yeah, he's like an episode director before this. He's done like wildly like not notable things beforehand. Mm. It's really interesting that like now that we exist in this in this era of I was gonna say era of peace again, uh, <laughs> in this like new era, we're getting to see this like changeover of like the new generation because like the greats. From the eight who came up in the eighties and, and early nineties, they're like retiring. They're old now, so they, they can't. They so we need to have like a new generation. It's interesting to like watch people come up who've the stuff that he, the stuff that the studio, the stuff that uh, the the scenario writer have done. Don't say to me this person is going to make is going to like do a really good adaptation of a niche manga. Yeah, but also you know there's still clout. There's still history. Like the art mm-hmm. director is uh, Junichi Higashi who did Cowboy Bebop you know mm, uh, that's a good point yeah and so there's still it's still this clever like work thing that i guess pa works have been doing it. i don't know but it's like they're mixing the old blood with the new blood so that there's still someone who can at least ever them to say well, I don't right. think that will work right right <laughs> having having a secondary institutional uh, staff support mm. like new like new creative leads uh, which is very cool. Yeah, like the the animation director, uh, Sekiguchi Kanami, a, a very rare, like, senior woman in the animation industry on the creative side. Yeah, she was animation director for Kanan and Hanasaki Iroha and Tari, Tari Tari and Shirabako and Sakura Quest and now this. And just, like, that's their house person at the studio. And yeah. she's supporting someone who is, I don't know, really showing off. And I do think it will probably bottom out at some point. Just because, like, that's the way of the world. But I'm really enjoying it. It's such a pleasant surprise. I thought yeah. I was going to be watching, like, several mediocre shows and Spy Family, which we'll leave to later to keep our audience excited. Oh, yeah, agreed. Um, talking about stuff that I'm just a bit met on, uh, I've, <laughs> I've, I've been watching... So uh, many. So many. De- yeah. Uh, well, this is the more positive side. I've been watching uh, Dayaimon Recipe for Happiness, which is on Crunchyroll. I mean, tell me when this hasn't been a, a trope already in anime. Yeah, uh, speaking uh, of things that execute <laughs> tired premises, I guess. <laughs> Irino uh, Nagu, uh, Nago, Nagomu, or Irino, um, returns from his, to his Kyoto home for the first time in 10 years when his father is hospitalized. He is eager to take over the Ryokusho, which is the family's Japanese sweet shop, but instead... There is a girl who's taken over as the sort of next in line for the sweet shop uh, called uh, Yukihira Itsuka, um, who everyone's calling the successor. And then it's a comedic thing of them being chalk and cheese. She is like a young teenager who has been adopted by their family uh, since he left. 
to pursue a failing um, music career, and he just she doesn't want to give up her mantle. And mm-hmm. at the end of the first episode, she got a big order of like a thousand sweets, and it turns out to be a, a thousand ruse. sweets, a thousand, a thousand like manju, and then it turns uh. out to be a ruse because it was just he she insulted someone earlier, so they phoned up and then didn't pick it up, and she then had to sell on the streets, which he then used his musical prowess to get everyone involved into buying the sweets on the street, and it was sweet. And it's it fine. sounds cute, yeah. It is it very cute. cute. Not like it, it's not a thing that's happened before. If anything, the adoration for Japanese sweets, the classic Japanese sweets, like sakura mochi, like manju, like it's got a real adoration for those sweets, and they are like yeah. they look beautiful and delicious. And for that reason, I'm enjoying it. I don't really care much for any of the characters yet compared to other things this season. I will probably finish it, but I would also know that it's at the bottom of the list-ish compared to the other greats this season. So yeah, I would say give it a watch if you're really strapped. It looks cute. If this came out last season, I'll be all over it, you know? Like it'll be, or like a season (laughs) where nothing much is on. Not to be too punny, but it is definitely Feast or Famine. I do like that this apparently has someone whose title is Wagashi Animation, so that there is a person in charge of just (laughs) animating the sweets themselves. I could imagine that. I could imagine that. The the sweets are beautifully rendered and animated to a point where they do feel like they're real and they're like, I could eat that. It looks so delicious. The the care of craft, I, I really hope that they delve more into actually making the Japanese sweets because there is some art into that and some interest into that. But they didn't seem to really care about that in the first episode. But I don't have much more to say on the matter. Is there a show you're watching that you have more to say about? <laughs> I mean, shall we delve into Aharan-san wa Hakaranai? I don't know whether you watched that. Yeah. Aharan-san wa Hakaranai, which, yeah. yes, I haven't watched, but I saw it <laughs> and I thought, Andy likes Renchan, so he'll probably watch this. Uh, Am I right, Andy? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're totally right. You're totally, totally, totally right. The reason why I know about it, I was... I was like the manga, my my wife was very into it. The same artist who did Denki Guy, um, and so it's about a a girl called Aharon-san who doesn't understand how um, doesn't understand personal space. She's got a very small, quiet voice to the point where the main character, the other the the male role, Rido. Um, she he thinks that she's ignoring him when he tries to introduce him actually her voice is so quiet that he can't hear her and it's kind of a slice of life about her him and Ahadan san kind of getting together and Ahadan and san just not understanding personal boundaries and it is funny it has its amusing moments it's slow though my problem is is unlike the other slice of life in this season like Kaguya-sama, like uh, Shikimori was a better example. Like, it's really slow. The first episode went at a pretty decent pace, but the second episode was so slow. And I was like... Are, are they are they setting stuff up or are they just afraid of running through their jokes too fast? I just think they're afraid of running through content too fast. I, yeah. I can't understand why. There's, from my... From recollection, they have 13 volumes, Andy. This this manga's been running since 2017. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is why, like, 
I thought they would just blast right on through it. Yeah, which is which is you know unlike Komei-san, which I believe you're watching. I've, I'm mm-hmm. not an uh, illegal pirater, so I will wait hey, till, hey. till Netflix allegedly illegal pirate <laughs> <laughs> till Netflix releases it terribly dubbed, and I'll be angry. But yeah, like compare it to Komei-san, it doesn't make sense. There's loads of a Haddon san and there's a load of good jokes in a Haddon san that they're just not willing to get to. They introduced like one new character. Um, oh no, Oshiro. are they doing the? I don't know. That's I what, don't uh, know. There's... That's what. That's how Jahi Sama fucked up. Is like every episode they could only do introduce one new character an episode, so it took them half the season to build the ensemble. And by that point, like I was so checked out, and then I kept watching <laughs> for those ten episodes. But that's irrelevant. I, uh, I don't think. I don't think there's as many characters as Jahi, or indeed uh, Komi-san, because Komi-san has the whole fucking class, which is everybody is like everybody is a unique character, which is what makes Komi-san. A bit special in my opinion there's at least four or five from the looks of it that are unique but the the, the only character they introduce is a woman who's just kind of nervous all the time and it just doesn't make for good jokes the the relationship that i had in san and Rido have are really great and it's really enjoyable and really cute and funny but so far there's not much there i would say you could probably give this a miss i think if it wasn't for the fact that i was big on the manga or my wife was big on the manga i wouldn't have bothered i'm surprised because like i thought that this was going to be uh my neighbor sekikun but with rinchan as sekikun um and i was like that sounds pretty good and i'm kind of sad that it sounds like it's trying to do something a bit a bit fancier i don't know <laughs> thing with sekikun is that she's constantly like jabbing and it's like the funniness comes from like okay she's straight laced and she's like mad at him for being so weird yeah actually i think a better comparison is uh tanaka-kun is always listless i don't Mm. know whether you watch that like no but you talked about it so much i feel like i did (laughs) (laughs) that is great like i feel that tanaka-kun is better than i had in san right now uh Mm. which is pretty much the same concept but we'll see I'll let you know when I watched it. Yeah, yeah. And let me know if you, if uh, the main character's voice, who's also Inori Minase, yeah. uh, if she gets on your nerves. But no, I don't know. I, I was so. To be fair, like, it is the voice that I would have imagined I had in Santa have. It's a very okay. quiet, mousy voice. Yeah, I I guess that's a point that, like, when you're, if you have a, if you're known for a very, like, mannered, like, over engineered vocal performance, then if the character you're playing is someone who has, like, a weird voice and people can't hear her, it makes sense. That's probably good casting. Yeah, I, I felt that it wasn't unlike her voice, but I also felt that it wasn't particularly a stretch for anybody to have to know what, imagine what her voice would be like, if that makes sense. Mm hmm. Anyway, so we mentioned, we mentioned Comey Sand, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> I liked Komi-san fine. I watched mm-hmm. it in a season where I was watching three romance comedies and uh, it was the one that had the most jokes, which was not a particular distinction, but uh, it, was a, it was nonetheless a distinction. Uh, second season, it actually, what it reminds me of, although I hope it doesn't end up as dire as this, is it reminds me of uh, the second season of My Next Life as a Villainous All Routes Lead to Doom, where mm-hmm. they've had the really tight first season, or not necessarily tight, but like very like coherent first season. And the second season, they're moving the plot forward, but they're also trying to circle back and pick up all the parts of the manga that they didn't cover now that yeah. they have a second season. Um, because I complained noisily uh, 
yesterday when I was watching it that like they have a whole fantasy segment where they just were just like three randos in the class imagine like dating every single girl in the class <laughs> literally they just oh, imagine Chunibyo girl they imagine um, hanging out at her apartment uh, playing video games and um, the guy eats shit really bad and she's like hey no come on give it to me I'll beat it for you and then like he like sneaks a look at her when she's concentrating and she like makes eye contact and smiles brightly and there's like the anime halo and it's just like oh that'd be nice to date her and some of them are oh. funny because they're really off yeah everyone's imagining it's going to be fun to date to date them the joke at the end of the segment sorry to spoil it is that they try to imagine dating Comey and they all have like Cthulhu like meltdowns about like I can't imagine <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that reminds me of uh <laughs> <laughs> like the last few episodes of Edo Manga Sensei, where there's like an episode, of, like a character where they all try and, or they all have like confession scenes with the main guy. Uh-huh. That which was also really weird. Um, yeah, that sounds odd, but hopefully it will continue. No, it is. It it does feel like a victory lap, and I kind of wish that like. The Netflix model would, would allow for you to have a pack-in OVA. I think that would be a perfect way to get that out of your system, and then you can have a second season that's plot. Um, not that Comey has or needs much <laughs> plot, but, like, literally not. Like, there's text on the bottom of the screen that's like, this is a delusion, this is not canon. Um, and I'm like, okay, good. So I'm, so this is just for jokes. <laughs> yeah. All jokes here. Uh, I'm going to keep watching. The, yeah. the level of animation quality is very high. Um, they've kind of established that Onomine, the best girl in the show, the like chill one um, mm-hmm. who just like kind of wants them to get together is going to be like yeah. someone who regularly hangs out with Komi, which I is good because mm-hmm. Komi needs to hang out with someone besides Tadano and Najimi. Yeah. <laughs> she needs to actually have more friends. <laughs> and uh, I believe true best girl has not come in yet. I will let you know when. She oh, this is this is ominous. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, she's a Gyaru. She's not in it though. Oh, not in it. Yet. I mean, I I I love Garu characters. I I, I rewatched uh, Oshiti Galko Chan recently, and that's a that's a delight for Garu. It is, and um, we can't watch that or talk about that show anymore. Yeah. No, I mean, no. I'm a fan of Chinatown, and that's made by Rowan Polanski. Uh, love the art, but always yeah. just shit on the artist after you bring it up, which we have done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oshiti Galko Chan's creator is a super creep. Uh, yeah. I think do not give in, him money. I think he's in prison now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm anti-carceral, but I guess it's a good it's a good short-term solution. Uh, uh. But but yeah, like I was gonna say, going back <laughs> yes. to Komi-san, um, the ending is marvelous. Like, I have not seen the anime, but I've seen the ending, and the ending is is, is like this super sort of like uh, pastel driven. There's no hard lines around the characters. It's all like it's all filling colors, and it just highlights how beautiful the the mangaka made it so that every character is unique and even if you can't see their facial features or their body their outlines you can you know who they are by the way they act and their movement and it's yeah. like a masterclass of animation and sort of showing how characters can be individualistic without having defined expressions or bodies and it's a it's wonderful, absolutely yeah, wonderful no, to explore. I absolutely agree. Too. It's it's up there with the uh, with the Kome, uh, the Kongming uh, OP for just like ridiculously like artistically ambitious. Although I think the the the, the Komi one is definitely a lot more like 
creative to have this like no line work picture of a classroom as everyone's like going home for the day yeah it's a really it's a nice it's a static song. shot as well right? yes like, yeah you're static. just watching people just like just like pack up and file out and leave and like people are playing in the foreground and people are playing in the background it's the kind of ed where you can watch one person mm-hmm. and they'll do a whole mm-hmm. thing that's very distinctive to their character yeah. um, and you can just kind of enjoy it and there's lots of in jokes like uh like ren coming back to hide inside the <laughs> the cleaning locker so that yes. she can accidentally run into comey on the way out <laughs> Um, that's very, her, their imagining of how it would be to date her, uh, is extremely funny because it's just not, it's not who she is, is the joke. It's just like, no one actually understands how to, what a weird pervert she is. So they, (laughs) they imagine her as a very straight, like a very straight tsundere. They're just like, oh, you'd give her a gift and she'd be like, I hate these earrings. And then like, she comes back from the bathroom wearing them and she's like, let's go home now. And it's like... (laughs) I uh, I am looking forward to watching the very bastardized uh, translation of it on Netflix, which if you are finished, yes, we'll move on to the other Netflix show that I am watching. Yeah, let's do it. Let's fucking um, do it. Which is Tiger and Bunny 2. I know that everybody was on tenterhooks when the original Tiger and Bunny created all the way back in 2011 ended. Jesus. <laughs> And I'm 10,000 years old. Just keep talking. <laughs> and then a, a succinct 11 years later, they thought that they'd do a sequel. Um, to the point in which, I'm not going to lie, I've completely forgotten everything that happens in Tiger and Bunny 1. I even forgot Ty, like Tora's uh, main superhero power, which was... Which was he has exactly the same power as Barnaby Brooks Jr., um, but he can only do it for five minutes. But at the end of season one, it went down to one minute. Uh, so he's even shitter. But I don't know if you remember season one. I don't. Um, and the anime oh. doesn't seem to care whether you have either. Because <laughs> they have explained precisely none of what happens. All that I roughly remember is something about Ouroboros and Barnaby kind of wanting to kill Ouroboros, which he didn't at the end of the first season. And then at the beginning of the second season, you see him like being attacked by two new characters who awesome. are in Ouroboros. And then it cuts to essentially the same sequence, the same animation sequence of the first season, which was like this high speed robbery on a motorway that then the robbers, the crash and then they apprehend the robbers. But they've, it's exactly like to the point where we were watching it and we were like, are we not watching season one? I had to literally check <laughs> where I was watching season two because it was so... Because Netflix will do that to you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no, it was because they then introduced some of the new characters um, like uh, Karina um, and Keith Goodman and uh, the two other best characters. One is called I Am Thomas and the other one's called Black Man or something, or Black Knight. Oh, no. And it's, oh, it's so funny. It's such like a meme, like, <laughs> they're called I Am Thomas. It's so wild, the, the characters. Um, but, you know, it's still good, like, Tiger and Bunny is enjoyable. Like the 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 central core of them being like superheroes to the point where they've got adverts and like 
advertising slogans on their body still strikes to me as like a really satirical view on modern day superheroes, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy. And then also like the actual story that they weave seems to be still interesting. So the second episode revolves, at least what we watched revolves around the two, one of the two new characters called Mr. Black and he is Thomas, which is a, a name that I love. Uh, it's so fucking dumb. It's such a fucking mean, like, Reddit era joke. Obviously, it's been made by the producers of the superheroes. Uh, and, and you can see, like, their pairing and, and the way that Thomas is sort of like a chill guy who's not much bust. Uh, Mr. Black is, like, really angry and just wants to be an actual superhero and wants to protect and save people's lives and doesn't care for the pageantry around like the tiger and bunny world of superhero like mm. filming and like gambling which is a weird side quest that they don't really ex- explore um like the whole ranking system but there's a very clear correlation between how tiger was at the beginning of season 1 and how he is now as a more grown up adult who's learned to work with barnaby and you get like a really lovely, sweet, adorable like romance between him and Barnaby, and then this the same problems that he was having with them in season one with his Thomas and Mr. Black, which I really enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. I I really do love Tiger and Bunny. It would have benefited, I think, after eleven years, maybe a slight recap, maybe just a little recap, so enough to watch the last two last season and five movies or whatever they have of tiger and bunny <laughs> and yeah it it's good if you like your sort of hero actiony movies good it's good 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 shonen um and <laughs> i really i really enjoy it i it was the first like thinking back when i watched that tiger and bunny 2 the thing that really reminded me was like tiger and bunny was the first time in which i watched an anime where the cg mixed with the hand-drawn style i accepted and loved like Mm -hmm. the cg is always done when they're in their superhero costume and it looks janky but then also it stands out to a point in which i'm like okay cg can be done really really well if they work with it and i'm happy that they've kept the same sort of distinction which is cg is only really for these massive hero fights which is when it's good to be used and then they have yeah. these odd bits where they like pop the faces off. So they've got these hand-drawn eyes and mouth and face. Um, just going to throw out that. And a, a big problem as well is the is Fire Emblem, the, the most openly gay character I've seen in an anime for a very long time. And he is such a character. He's such a caricature. He's such a stereotype that I kind of hate it. And I kind yeah, just of like wish. really, really over the top flamboyant. He is that. And I love like yeah. it It can work when he's in superhero form. It works and it's amusing. But there's they never delve into his character, delved into his character in the first series. I doubt they're going to delve into it much in the second series. And it feels very much like a one line joke for a character that basically he's gay. Isn't that funny? And that's really upset him. But yeah. I, unfortunately, I'm looking. I'm looking at the fan wiki, and the quote um, is very much like, "I'm both man and woman." Yep. What is how 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 do you feel about that? And it's like, oh, jeez. Uh, I I feel that we shouldn't be uh, 
<laughs> shouldn't be what what looking at something from like ten years ago. Or, well, fair. I mean, that it was done ten years fair. ago, but like even then, even ten years ago, it felt trope and pastiche. So it's what like thirty years old sort of tropes that they're still dishing out, and it's kind of unacceptable. Who knows? Who knows if he gets uh, if he gets an arc this season? I very much doubt it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you might just want to leave that in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What next? Uh, I mean, except for Spy Family, everything is you. So rock your way through Shikimori, Mahjong, Kaguya-sama, and if you want to talk about Chachiku-san. Sure. Uh, Shikimori-san is not just a cutie. It's a show where a guy called Izumi Yu is dating a girl called Shikimori, and uh, she is cute, but occasionally she will (laughs) do stuff that's very, like cool and manly and like or i guess what is presumed to be manly and he (laughs) like loves her for that he thinks that's very attractive and he blushes and he's like it's very cute but she then wishes that he sees her as a cute girl and not this sort of cool dere type girl Mm -hmm. and that is the central of all the jokes it's fine it's fun it's cute (laughs) it's well animated it doesn't feel like Izumi and Shikimori have ever kissed. And I feel that their relationship is very much surface level for the comedy. I really wish that they'd progress a bit more with that, but I highly doubt it. It's good. It's well animated. It has some really good jokes. It has some very good setups. It's got a very good supporting cast of characters too, who all seem to like them. And uh, again, interesting, Izumi has like a, a central family of both a mum and a dad who both no shikimori and i like say hi to shikimori uh, i hope you, i hope you get and yeah like and that sort of stuff is really cute and adorable i just wish there was more of it uh, i i wish there was actually some semblance that shikimori and izumi were a couple i don't even think they hold hands but i i have a feeling from where they are now it's kind of a new relationship but maybe not i don't know yeah who can say it's anime so <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah they could be they could be fucking and we wouldn't know because they won't hold hands. They'll just be like, cute couple. It's good. I like it a lot. You'll probably get a lot out of it, Ben, but it's another romance anime on top of a... Yeah, I'm trying to dial that shit down, honestly, (laughs) unfortunately. After the past two seasons, I I need to stop watching a romance anime because I like the character designs. I've already done it fucking once, watching watching heroin Surimono. But what what I would say is a romance anime that elevates itself above all other romance anime is Kaguya-sama Love is War. Season three is well <laughs> underway. I mean, you can listen back to all our, our gushing over the last two seasons of Kaguya-sama. This is more Kaguya-sama that we know and love. It's one of those things in which I think of like the Shonen Jump current canon right now, which Kaguya-sama is one of. And it's like, you get the premise from the first 10 episodes. And it's like this high situation comedy where Kaguya-sama and Shirogane are both madly in love with each other. They both know that each other are madly in love with each other, but they're, mm-hmm. they've got such high opinions and of themselves uh, and such like strong feelings of themselves that they are wanting the other person to break down, to confess to first so that they can confess back to them. And that Mm. is the whole joke throughout everything. And it works sublimely because you've got those two trying to one-up each other in this like battle of 
love, which is purely farcical. You then get Chica, you and a couple of the other supporting cast who are like these weird, like chaos agents who really sort of make them not being, not wishing to confess their love to each other even higher, which just, Mm -hmm. which just adds to the tension and adds to the comedy. And then on top of that, you've got this narrator who at first I was like, you're pretty annoying. Like, why are you here? But now I can kind of see why, because you hear his voice and you hear, and you know that you're in safe hands. You know that you're going to be taken for a 20 minute enjoyable comedy romp. It's that teenage romance thing where you're like, I know she has feelings for me, but if I am wrong, then I will be destroyed. Yeah. Your life will end. (laughs) Yeah. And they both are feeling that way. And the anime or the manga will end when that relationship is up for them. If they get together, that's the end of the show because the comedy relies in them. Not want, not getting together. Um, right, it's it's almost playing. It's almost taking advantage of the fact that like it's expected that like romances get drawn out as long as possible. Because I was going to ask you, like, doesn't it feel? Doesn't some of it feel a bit stale after three seasons? No, and you're saying, and you're saying no. Categorically, no. Categorically, the 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 for me at least, the the unlike a lot of other shows, the fact that they're not together is just funnier for me. The the latest one, well, the first episode is uh, Kaguya is like a rich girl. She doesn't understand technology and a lot of common stuff. Kaguya Sama gets a mobile phone, and you know they swap information online. And then there's this whole thing about read receipts where Shiragane knows that Kaguya Sama's read his message from three hours ago and just doesn't know how to reply to it. And so she's just <laughs> sitting there like a little schoolgirl off like in her room like fawning over this message being like oh how do i reply what do i do what do i do uh meanwhile her servant uh i knows about the read receipts thing and doesn't know whether she should tell her because then he'll be she'll get into trouble or whether she shouldn't and she should find out and it's like this piling on of Uh of relationships and expectations i can't say how happy i am to have more kaguya summer in my life which I guess, unless there's anything else I've missed. Uh, so our list has Shachigusan wa Yojo Yure ni Iyaseritai, which we had talked about, about a, a ghost uh, oh. trying to like haunt an office lady. Um, I heard it was really boring, so I demurred. Duncan heard it was really <laughs> boring, so he demurred. Uh, and I believe you found it really boring, Andy, so you yeah, demurred. <laughs> I, I watched like 10 minutes of it, and uh, I got pretty bored. It wasn't unentertaining. It just wasn't doing anything quickly. Also, it was a dead. It was it was a baby ghost, which made me realize that there are dead babies in this world, and that made me sad. So I didn't watch that. Similarly, Skeleton Knight starts off first. First opening second is um, a bunch of wenches are getting raped. I sighed and turned off and was like, "Is this really what we're going for? Is this Overlord, but with the edge of Goblin, uh, Goblin Slayer?" Is this what anime? Is this what isekai anime has become? I, I just I just sighed and turned off, and we moved into something else. So, which is, I believe, by family. We can skip on. We can skip Mahjong Solpong, but I mean, it's two minutes. It's great if you like the uh, Mahjong. The, if you like Mahjong Soul. Soul, which is the one video game 
on the Android that actually does good Mahjong, like Mahjong rules, and it has an online Mahjong server that's fairly active, which is constantly surprising. The anime has nothing to do with Mahjong at all. <laughs> oh. uh, and then two minutes long. To be honest, it's the perfect format. You don't want a 20-minute Mahjong anime. You want a two-minute dumb jokes where these characters who are in the anime is like your XBs as characters. Like, just just laugh and then, you know, do random shit. It's it's fine. It's funny, but I, 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 <laughs> I guess. But I, I'm watching it just when it's on and it's, it, it's not amazing. If it wasn't for the fact it was two minutes, I wouldn't have bothered giving it the time of day. Unlike the clear Unlike. best thing of the season. Yes. Finally here. Finally <laughs> arriving. It's Spy Family. Spy, family. Spy Loves Family. Uh, it's so good. I didn't think it would be this good. Oh, do you think it, it was going to be unable to live up to the manga hype? Again, this reminds me so much of what modern Shonen Jump is right now. This high concept that they then dial up to 11 to make it even more enjoyable. Uh, do you want to? I've, I've been speaking a lot, so do you want to take over? Yeah, sure. Let me jump. Well, I mean, I'm only watching four shows, so I can only participate so much, Andy. Besides <laughs> just asking sparkling questions, um, but it's time for me to sparkle. I'm gonna please sparkle. I'm gonna away. take the lead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, a in a very thinly disguised East and West Berlin, a spy is responsible for getting close to a minister who wants to start a war and neutralize him. So he has to adopt a daughter uh, to join this private school where the minister's daughter goes. He accidentally ends up adopting a psychic girl who's a runaway from a secret testing experiment. And this girl is not psychic in the like fifth element kill all the baddies way she's psychic as in she knows her dad's lying to her and is a professional <laughs> spy saboteur and murderer she can read <laughs> and, minds right yeah she can read minds yeah, yeah, she's yeah. psychic yeah. so yeah she she's psychic and she knows that her dad is is a dangerous man but she's so excited for the chance to finally stay with the family because she's been returned over and over that uh she like decides to help him and then he meets a wife who's also secretly an assassin and the little girl like arranges for them to get together because she thinks that'll be really interesting to be around. Uh, and it's very funny. It's full of great performances. The art has this, has this nice like limited color palette that makes mm -hmm. it feel really like post-war comics sort of, uh, sort of feel to it while at the same yeah. time being very manga, the little girl, what's her name? Anya is just Anya. like, it's just like the most little girl anime character design she's got like this weird cone like like <laughs> the, the, the cones. Cones. Yeah. Uh, oh it's good shit i'm i'm enjoying it a lot duncan I'm, has some questions for us but i want to hear what you think first yeah i'm i'm enjoying it a hell of a lot i uh i really love the like for me the stuff that i really love is like the weird spy stuff that they do which is just like telephonographs and sort of like little coded messages where uh -huh. you're sitting on the and, and then mixed with the comedy where you got this cool spy stuff that mixed with comedy where he's reading the newspaper and then he tears it in half when he's like i've got to get a wife and then he like tears it in half and then it cuts back to him keep reading and he's like you see the <laughs> newspaper in half yeah and he's like yeah. clearly had to keep reading it um and yeah like the way that anya 
is such like is this Esper that she knows instinctively like already knows that Lloyd is dangerous and like a spy, and then yeah. realizes that your who's the wife is also a spy, uh, an, an assassin, spy, a, so. assassin, yeah, yeah a professional um, killer. <laughs> it, it was it's really pleasurable and like it's. The second episode, for example, is a, is a perfect example of this. Like, you know, Lloyd would meet Yor, and then they're like, oh, I've got to be just go to this party. And then they're like, sure. Lloyd then has to go and do an assassination on the same night. Yeah. And then have this, this amazing like, attempt to steal jewels, steals a ring for like Yor to propose to. And then, like, he's then late for the party. She is then stood up and has this emotion, like, Pretty, I think, heartfelt and honest feeling of being in your thirties and single, and you know, yeah. well, uh, twenty-seven, but yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, twenty-seven. Um, and which uh, means she's two years past Christmas cake date. So, so by <laughs> Japanese culture standards, yeah, she is like wildly spinsterish. Yep, uh, and, and like like all these emotions flowing through her, and then and then he appears. But with blood all over his face, and he's like, "I'm a doctor," and like the way that he makes this thing up, <laughs> and then the way that she like falls for him because the woman who's clearly stirring shit is like, she had massages because she's a whore when really those massages were like a way to for her to excuse having assassination attempts. And then her response, his response was like, "People have to do a lot of stuff to get out of money and to yeah. look after their family." And it was, oh, it's it's just so good and and the way that they then ended like on having this like this car chase with them and then both maintaining this live at their normal people whilst killing like a bunch of goons is exceptional yeah it's so it's, funny it's, it's over the top like rom-com programming like oh no i promised this person that i'd go on a date with them but i have to do a job first and then like Every time that, like, something seems to be convenient, there's a nice twist to it. Losing the diamond ring to and replacing it with the, with the grenade pin. Um, <laughs> that was excellent. Being, cover, being covered in blood and, like, excusing that you have... I, I'm a psychiatrist who works with violent patients, so I often am like this. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I don't know. I just, like... And, and yet, the, the basis of that scene is him standing up for her when her, like, co-worker who just goes from being kind of a mean girl to just like ruining her own party in her yeah. attempt to make yeah. your look bad. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. aren't you a whore, your <laughs> like, like really and, and, her, and her poor and her poor fiance is like, honey, 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 let's stop. Let's stop. <laughs> you need yeah. to stop. This is not this is not happening. But yeah, the, but but him like defending like like people have to I mean like she has a younger brother and she has to work really hard to like provide for him. And like I think it's admirable whatever job you do to work hard to provide for people, which is mm-hmm. Wildly progressive for an anime that's about about Agreed. like 1960s East and West Germany. Um, it's, it's, it's so it's so not. And, he, and he's like kind of thinking like he's a spy and she's an assassin. So they all it's them having this like moment of unintentional connection. And that's what makes rom coms pop is when the characters are closer than they think they are. Mm-hmm. Not and not in the way of like they should have kissed by now, but in the way of they actually understand each other better than they've been able to talk about. Mm. And since Spy and Family is a show or Spy. Spy Family is a show that's so much in characters' heads. I was surprised that even the bu- the bullying girl at the party, we get to hear in her head like what she's thinking. It's very much about like what people think versus what they say, and then ex- exploiting humor when those two components 
four components when it's two people in conversation match up better than they make when people are talking and what they're thinking, what they're lying about is actually what they're connecting with. And that even goes to him like just murdering a bunch of mobsters <laughs> while being like, these are my, these are my patients. These are my patients. It's, this is, this it's is part of our role. <laughs> and then she kicks that guy and he like rolls and then splats on the wall. Yeah. And he goes, wow, you kicked him really far. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was good. And she's like, oh, no. And he's like, no, that's great. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, makes, uh, it makes me feel like I'm so... But this is the thing, like, like again, the stakes are so ridiculously high, like in Kaguya-sama, where I'm excited to see where this is going because I truly don't know whether they're going to reveal that each other's true profession or whether that's going to be a, a constant sort of, like like through line joke that only Anya knows the true sides of each other. Of I have, family. I have one, I have one hint, Andy, and it may be something you don't know yet. This is a two core anime. We are getting 24 episodes, which is, I'm we live tired. in an age of miracles, <laughs> dear listeners. <laughs> just, just, just shows random, like even Aquatope. Like I love that that got just like randomly, just like oh wow, a two core anime. We never see these anymore unless they're shown in battlers. Mm, I in mean, which case they're an eighteen core anime. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, this is this is a, such a big deal. Yeah. This is a big. This was massive in Shonen Jump. It's very, very popular. So it doesn't surprise me that it's got two cores. It is saying only one core in Annie list, but that's usually uh, it's it's often. been it's been confirmed. Um, I Ooh. it was. It's 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 confirmed that there it is going to be a split airing, and we already have listings for for twelve episodes. So we assume that that so is exciting. not the split. Oh yeah, yeah. If if it's a split up, if it's a split core in, in which they show three episodes, six episodes, and then six episodes, that's going to suck hard. So yeah. I hope it's not. Yeah, I hope no, it's not that. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. But yeah, like it's uh, it's it's amazing. I'm very very happy. I'm very happy that my family got the treatment it deserved, and just looking forward to more. Every episode. Yeah. Duncan comments that the that this art style for Lloyd is very bishy. Um does that is that part of its like mass appeal that's got a very kind of like stark lines, almost like Jose romance novel uh sort of sort of look to it. He wants to know how you feel about the art style in terms of its broad appeal, I guess, is what I, I'm asking. I just think that they're not children, they're yeah. adults. <laughs> and that's why they look twenty seven year olds old. <laughs> Yeah. Years old. yeah, and that's why they look like if you look at Anya, Anya's got a very round, chubby like face with a with a stocky yeah. figure. Whilst whilst you and Lloyd are um you know in their late twenties and they're they're more mature, they've got their features all sorted out, and that works. And the only exception to that, I guess, is Frankie, which is like the uh, the spy the, the um, guy like does sidekick the character projects. with yeah. all the lower class Japanese visual signifiers. Exactly, he's just a comedy psychic, right? So it, yeah. it works. I I just feel that the it isn't like oh he's purposefully bishy. He is probably he is a, not an unattractive man. He's a good looking guy, but I feel that there's a probably quite a few of the look, good looking guys. Like even in that party, yeah. like that guy that um that, that came up and talked to you was also not unattractive. Um, yeah. No, it's def it's definitely yeah. Like every it was very funny when Lloyd came in and and the bully girls like he's so handsome. I'm like he looks about <laughs> as handsome as everyone else at this party. I mean, I get yeah. I get where you're coming from, but it, I mean maybe you had <laughs> for a person who's meant to be a bit of a wallflower, right? Like Yor is meant to be a bit of a, a that's like, true. An, an unlooker. Like she purposefully 
to protect her identity, dresses down for a job, unlike when she's, what is it, the bloody needle, the bloody rose? Thorn Princess. Thorn Princess, thank you. Yes, that's what, that's yours code name. Yeah. Which I thought was like a sleeper agent thing at first, but no, she just like makes a different face when she's killing people, I think is the idea. <laughs> and I guess then the other question that Duncan is asking. Asked. Yes, asked. he asked, um, he asked if Anya diffuses tension, even though she's funny. And that we know that there's never going to be violence that could affect a kid. Um, no, I don't think it. I think, I mean, it's yet to be seen, but it, it feels like Anya's presence was very much central for them even getting into the school. And it doesn't defeat. But like, there's not, but there's not going to be like a kidnapping plot where, where Anya is kidnapped. There and was a kidnapping plot. plot <laughs> yes, that's true. That is true. That Anya did get kidnapped. And and the guy had to say uh, Lloyd had to save him. Yeah. So it's not true. like it's not like there couldn't be. True. The kid is probably not going plot. to die, but uh, <laughs> there are other things than death that the kid could be subjugated to. There are worse things than <laughs> kidnapping and death. Yeah. No, uh, I, uh, I I agree. I think that also, like I said before, it's a show where you spend a lot of time in people's heads, mm -hmm. and there's also a narrator. So mm -hmm. like. I don't think tension is a lot of the, like, did you think that Lloyd was not going to show up at the party? Oh, of course for not. A se for a yeah, second? Yeah, of like, course not. It's, it's just, I, I do think that this, this, this shows flashiness and confidence. It's reaching for a very spy movie tone where like hmm. Bond is only going to eat shit when he's so arrogant that he doesn't realize that he should like not act like a spy. And that's kind of how Lloyd's been so far too. And we have a bit of a, a Dojiko assassin with, uh, with Yor, but her character. I mean, we're gonna have twenty four fucking episodes, probably. Like, we're gonna have a lot of places to go. I, I, and but I, I don't think I don't think the thriller aspect of it is important to the show's no, appeal. I don't think that's opinion. what it's aiming for at all. Like, it's not a thriller at the end of the day. And you mm. know, like you said, we got we got twenty four episodes, and uh, there's sixty four chapters of of the manga, so there's loads of content for it to build on. Um, the other thing I'd just like to add is is how beautiful is that op? Like talking about yeah. OP, like the the animation style is is again like very Eastern European. Like I wouldn't even know how you describe that. It's it's again it's again yeah like kind of like fluid. There's not really model. It's not really models that it's working off of. And yeah, it's it's very color based instead of line based. I think mm. it's wonderful. It feels almost, I I want to say Picasso, but I think that is the wrong artist that I'm thinking <laughs> of. Um, but yeah, there's that is like I've never seen anything like that in an anime. It really fucking works and also brings home like you said that east west berlin style i mean the city that they're living in is called berlin with a t <laughs> at the end like that's the that's I, the degree to which I, they're 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 being open a, with their as influences as a person who came back from berlin two weeks ago i really should have picked up <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah uh i i, I love it at least it's the most reliable thing. I don't think it would could possibly even like suffer from a, a, a sagging budget. Like I worry about Kome. Um, I do wonder if it's going to become repetitive. But that's just the experience of watching anime and worrying that yeah. it's going to become repetitive. I mean, that's just that's yeah, that's just shown and jump, isn't it? Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's just the nature of manga and stuff. Uh, yeah, good, 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 good season. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really happy after last season where I was like, well, maybe this is just how like anime is going to be post COVID. It's just like <laughs> two two shows worth kind of worth watching every season. And I was like, oh, Spy Spy Family is going to be there, so yeah, it's going to be fun. And then I was like, oh, hey, Three Kingdoms. And now I'm I like every show I'm watching. Even even Heroin Tarumono is fine. 
it's like higher production values than boys over flowers so there's Mm -hmm. that i guess (laughs) all right let's go ahead and wrap it up there next episode i believe will be us doing a tween of uh gundam 0080 war in the pocket which is a uh six episode ova about a uh, boy's perspective on the one-year war, the uh, the original war for Gundam. Uh, I watched it way back when. It was going to be a, a a spotlight anime multiple times. Never made it to the, the front and center stage, so we're going to do it now. Dying. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to watch it again, too, now that I like like Gundam because of Turn A Gundam. So we'll have see. You, have you seen that they're also redoing the first arc of Gundam uh, again? Again? No, I have. Oh, well, not again, but like they're redoing it. Yeah, I'll look into that. I'll look into that. I, I would like to watch Gundam, but I know that Jeff uh, <laughs> Jeff watched uh, the original series and kind of came out the other end like, that was interesting, but not worth it. Uh, which, granted, is how a lot of my history lessons go. <laughs> but uh, I'm <laughs> trying to do why, less of that. My- <laughs> yeah, which is why I think the remake would be good, because presumably cut out all the chaff and just leave in the good. Cut out all the toy commercials, or at least the <laughs> obvious toy commercials. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on the podcast platform mm-hmm. of your choice. Find us on Facebook. Search for Keyframes Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Keyframes Pod. Oh. Email us questions. You can be just like Duncan. We'll insert you into the podcast. And you can ask ask us anything. Really put the screws on us. Yeah. Uh, Keyframes Podcast at gmail.com. And mm-hmm. of course, tell a friend about Keyframes, a podcast about anime. Yeah, but not just any friend then uh <laughs> if if i were you i'd tell the friend who just loves chocolate eggs and uh <laughs> complains a lot about how the fact that kinder egg can't exist in america because they've got toys inside but children can carry guns that's fucked up i mean they shouldn't carry guns, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes in some municipalities uh i would say i'm gonna one-up you i would uh-huh. say recommend this to your friend who everyone says has a really annoying voice but you think she sounds fine <laughs> It's never, it's, never, yeah, it's never really I, bothered you. I, it's never bothered me that voice either. Like, I don't know where that comes from. It's not like a specific performance. It's out there. There's like done. an internet hate dumb where people are like, I'm not watching this. It's got, it's got Inori Inor- Mina's Inor- Inor- voice Inor- in it. Oh, she's massive. She's in loads of shit. She's in two well, things. Everyone's got to hate someone. Yeah, I guess. Hirano's not, not doing work anymore, so they have to find a new hate <laughs> object. Fair enough. Yeah. Tell your friends who hates Aya Hirano. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't tell that friend. That friend's wrong. (laughs) Say goodbye, Andy. (laughs) Goodbye.